And we're back, episode 15 of Cocktails and Questions. And not only are we back, but our friend James Landing is back, safe and sound from the road, despite episode 14 assumptions of where he might be. Went over uh, CES 2018 that just got done wrapping up, man. We talked about everything from toilets you don't need to touch to robots that will fold your laundry and little key fobs that will save lives by analyzing water. It was a fun one. James is drinking. I was drinking. Ben is still on his Whole30. We won't hold that against him, though. It's all good, man. Hope you guys are well. Hope you tell your friends and family about cocktails and questions because we're having fun. Hope you are, too. So rate and review. Tell everybody you know, and we'll be back very soon. Until next time, be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Tune in and drink up. This is Cocktails and Questions. Kasem got really mad at his sound engineer and just let off. It's on YouTube. It goes for like three minutes of nothing but F-bombs and like just completely breaking the guy down into tears. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll do it live. (laughs) That's my favorite one. Um, All right. Uh, Speaking of of phones down, if you listen to episode 14, phones in black and white and grayscale as well. We're back. Episode 15. If this podcast were uh, a girl raised in Texas... We'd throw it a big party. Right? A quinceanera. A quinceanera. Dresses and the whole bit. Um, I've been in two quinceaneras, just in case you're keeping track. I was. Home. Score that. <clears throat> okay. That's, so we had a quarenceanera for my wife when she turned 40. Whoa. Is that even a though thing or did you she, she didn't have a quinceanera. Oh. So we had a quarenceanera, and she actually went and bought a secondhand dress from Goodwill, like you would That's see awesome. in San Antonio in the malls and stuff like that. It was really touching. Okay. That's right. Well, speaking of touching, uh, Bitcoin touched all the way down to 10K again. Ooh. No, 9,500. <laughs> Lost their it went shit. below the floor. Um, sort of on the heels of some mega announcements. At the time of recording, it's at 11,600. So. So if you bought at 17000 like a lot of people, you're feeling real <laughs> smart. Congratulations. Maybe it'll get back down to my strike price of 400 <laughs> God willing and the levy don't break, maybe James will actually come out on top of this thing. I've never met somebody that to root so largely against a mass of people. But I want to be proven right. Speaking of masses of people, CES just happened. Uh, it was a 51st anniversary of the gathering of folks in Las Vegas to talk about the, the future of home. Um, which is divorced from the AVN Awards. You guys remember those days? AVN and They're back C- to back. They used to be. Oh, they're not anymore. No, they're no. not. Vegas. Or maybe they're back again. But uh, for- so when I used to go to CVS back in the day, they were back to back. And so it was just like nerds and yep. then porn stars. Yep. And mm-hmm. then the two would get together in, a, in an elevator. And it was the funniest thing to watch for ever. Sure. I mean, they're like... Oh, that's a girl over there. I mean, it was, but you it talk was about hilarious. Talk about two industries that belong together. Like some of the greatest inventions have been out of that festival being so close together. But uh, 51st anniversary, got some quick stats here. Don't know the total number of attendants. They'll, they'll release that here. But uh, 3,900 exhibitors, nearly 3 million square feet of exhibition space, man. Uh, have you guys, so you've been, James, have you been? I, I've never been. I wanted to go last year and, and I got called back on business. Okay. So, but, um, I don't think you really even have to go anymore. In fact, I think the smarter way is to actually not go and just read about it. Because if you go and you come through the fine print on a lot of what's on the floor on the CES website, of those 3 million square feet, I would estimate maybe about 150,000 of those square feet are actually worth visiting. 
So I did two things this weekend. I caught up on season four of Black Mirror, which was fantastic. And I caught up on CES 2018. And I feel like I went to the show. So All right. So we'll do a separate podcast that's just about Black Mirror. Mm. I think it probably deserves it. If you haven't mm-hmm. caught up on it, there's some pretty cool stuff. Um, but CES, what'd you see? So um, the big headline was Alexa versus... Google Assistant, right? But I only think that that was a publicity headline because they were both just trying to dominate the airwaves and, and the mindshare so much. Um, when I went and looked, there was, I thought, two really interesting storylines. One of which is, um, and I don't want to steal anybody's thunder because I think this came up, Kohler, the the fixture yeah, company. That'd be my thunder you're Yeah, stealing. no, but like, well, I don't want to take your... <laughs> no. They were prolific. They were on it, man. Like, they were all over the place. And that's, I think, really bold which is i think their brand positioning um, the bold look of Kohler, but they were they were all over the place and then the one i thought was most interesting which is close to my heart was robots robots were a big theme this year um and uh, if you think about ces as some form of indicator or bellwether as to when things are going to be in mainstream society it's very exciting to think about the idea of robots particularly the ones you see at the show floating around in your everyday world, doing your chores for you, fetching things. You know, um, I thought the most compelling example I saw was the facial recognition software. So it actually reads your mood when you're walking up to it. And they're like, oh, you seem like you're in a bad mood. Is there something I can help you with? And some people think that's creepy, but I think it's really, really cool. Can I I jump in there with the facial recognition thing? So it's a topical of this uh, Google arts and culture. Have you guys seen this whole bit? All right, so essentially through AI, you give it a selfie, and it's like, hey, you look like this thing that happened some point in the history of art. I'm sitting there, and I can't see it. I can't see it. I think it's a user error. I think there's an update I got to do. Turns out, by law, in Texas, can't do it. It's illegal to have facial recognition and approximation of what else you might look like. Really? Texas and Illinois. And... It upset me to the point that I'm embarrassed to tell you because of how front I was like, this is poor design. Why is that? I can't believe they did it again. And I just sent me in this loop instead of saying like, hey, you're probably here. Like you're in Texas. We can't do it. Anyway. Sorry. No, man. I actually, I I purposely didn't do that. Like I saw it. Because you didn't want to know. I was afraid it was going to come up with like Edvard Munch's The Scream or something like that. (laughs) You look really exhausted and horrified. like hideous. You just confirmed it for me. Death warmed over. Yeah, yeah, no. um, So uh, the the coolest inside that robot trend I thought was the CX-1 self-driving luggage. Like if ever there has been something that I have wanted with the amount of travel that I do, and not just, just me, a lot of people here travel a lot, but... That would be kick-ass to just wear a bracelet with a little bit of an RFID or Bluetooth indicator, and it just follows you around. So how does it work? So it, literally, it's it's got a homing beacon. So uh, it's got a motor, and it's got a sensor, and it's obviously got some luggage space. Um, and you put on a bracelet that's tagged specifically to its frequency, and it goes and it follows you around. And on top of it, it um, has motion sensors so it can track the people around you. So it actually goes and navigates. It kind of just drafts behind you the whole time. It is freaking So, So it follows a, a steady path. Yeah. I mean, That's it knows to follow you. It's trying to stay as close to that beacon on your wrist as possible, but also like weaving in and out. Because you know how it is going through an airport, right? It's Something super useful. I mean, the first uh, the first application I saw of that was um, drone technology, right? Like it, you wear something on your on your lapel or something will follow you around. That's pretty Takes cool. Takes a selfie. Is, is CX-1, is, it, is that the company or does somebody make That's the That's the name of the actual product is the CX-1. I actually didn't see. Who so is it, it a licensing play, you think? 
probably they just probably. licensed this. Yeah, so they're going to be Samsonite. I was something way like that. Samsonite. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. Um, the ping pong robot, I don't know how actually useful that is compared to the self-driving luggage, but if you if you like playing ping pong and you can't get a game going on and you just, you need it, they'll play with you. Um, the uh, Sandbot Nano was cool. There was um, representation from iRobot, which every year is a little, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago, like last year at South By, they did the whole future of the smart home thing and it turned out to just be like a promotional thing for the iRobot. But um, no, it was, it, was, it was amazing and I think about it and there's other things that are coming out like um, Jibo, have you seen Jibo? Mm-hmm. Now, I want a Jibo, right? I mean, I know there's a lot of things on my laundry list to do, but like getting a Jibo and for listeners at home, what is it? Oh, it's uh, the first social robot for the home. So if you go and look it up, um, it's got an AI component and it's supposed to be your little buddy, right? And so much like Alexa's trying to do with the Alexa show with sort of a interactive component other than voice, uh, the Jibo just kind of learns you over time and it's web enabled. So you say, hey, I need a recipe and then it'll talk you through how to do it. Um, but it gets to know you, which is the really, really cool part of it. I don't know if you all saw Cosmo, um, which was the little AI truck toy that came out about 18 months ago. Um, so I got that from my son and that's just collected dust in his room, but I play with it. I think this is fun. I love it. I don't know about you. What do you guys think about having a robot in the home? Is that uh, something that you look forward to? Yeah, man, I'm all about it. Can't um, wait. Any, any type of robot that can help, uh, get menial tasks done. I don't know about the robots that start to, uh, you know, bring personality into it. I think, you know, I, I like, I like that idea, but I think start with the things that, that we hate doing. The one that stood out to me, so my list from CES is a bit random, but the one that stood out to me is the Foldamate. Did you guys see this? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I don't know if you're like me, but you got laundry stacked up all over the place. The worst possible scenario is for me to have to fold a bunch of shirts. I just can't stand it. The Foldamate, uh, risk, the, the initial list price or target price is 980. And what this thing does is, uh, in about two minutes, it's not perfect. You still have to grab your shirt, you connect it to this clip and then it will fold any type of shirt, pants, pillows, pillowcases. Uh, it doesn't fold pillows, just pillowcases and, <laughs> uh, and sheets, but, uh, it, in a way that it'll look like, you know, you're at Banana Republic and however they fold that. You know, I don't know how you, they do this. If you're be doing one the denim wall at the Gap, yeah. right? I think this is super handy. I think that's what you're talking about. I would pay almost any amount of money to not have to fold shirts. Yeah? Yeah. And and I already do, uh, pretty much. And I, I, but <laughs> it's called the dry cleaners. But it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing to me that you've got a product like this that's starting to break that under 1000 marker mm-hmm. now we'll see what they actually ship at but if you start to get into the two three hundred dollar range yeah these things make a lot of sense and you'll start to pile these things together you'll have a couple of them but then when they start to get integrated into your dryer imagine that right just clothes come out of the dryer folded that seemed like something that people have been talking about for a long time this to me makes it seem like you might actually get something like so, that. So if you think about this less as a standalone thing, right? If you you think about it as part of a smarter connected home, like the one for me that that was utterly ridiculous that I just I was like, uh, was the Delta Alexa powered faucet, right? Like you're supposed to tell Alexa that the water's too hot when in fact your hand is right there. I mean, you literally have the ability to just tap it slightly to the right and cool it off just a little bit. So there are things that are, I think, sort of getting to the fringe of, of real utility. Um, and I would I would argue that what you're talking about, it needs maybe um, 
another version or two to where you can just dump a whole bin of clothes into it. And then all of a sudden there's a conveyor belt that does that whole like thing they do in the cartoons. The dun, 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 dun. And it just ends up magically either through robot or through conveyor belt in your drawer. That feels like a CES trend for me though. If I had to brand CES, it would be, it, it's technology searching for problems. Hey, and point. and so you, you made that point with, uh, with, the Foldamate, you made that with a lot of the examples that you put in. The Somnox breathing pillow. So that was the other one, which saving marriages and lives. Yeah, one totally. Night at a time. Uh, I don't know there. No, so for for those of you who don't know what it is, it is a small pillow that you for five hundred and forty nine dollars can own uh, for you know just a, a couple monthly installments. So one hundred ninety nine dollars, and it uh, mimics human breathing. So you just hold onto this thing, and while you sleep. It's like you have a partner there, which number one, it's for very lonely people. It sounds I like, like when my when my wife sleeps on the other side <laughs> of the bed. So I don't guess I don't need a Somnox, right. uh, but the fact that we're paying five hundred and forty nine dollars for this is ridiculous. But if it helps you sleep, it's probably a great investment. So is something like this solving a problem or just looking for a problem? I think it's solving it a problem on- for a very small set of Japanese businessmen. Well, that's inappropriate, but... (laughs) No, there's actually a real thing. Like, there's actually... There's a whole thing with Japanese businessmen and they have these uh, mate pillows. Yep. So it's not. If I, if I were to, uh, just busting your balls, man, it's cocktails I, I, and questions, I, I, dude. <laughs> um, if I were to brand CES, it would be uh, shit you saw on the Jetsons growing up. Mm. Right? That'd be like That's what I was thinking of Rosie when he was talking line, about the robot. Right? I want a sassy robot. But is it real? With a New I, Jersey accent? No. And I, I think what they've done is they've solved a lot of problems for the people that they want to solve problems to. Right, like, it, and it's sort of the slow lurching progress towards Wally. Right, at first you can't, you can't turn on the lights. Second, you can't cool down the water. Then you can't fold a damn T-shirt. Then you can't do this. And then you're like this amorphous blob, and you're just sort of voice controlling everything. But this is a loaded question that I don't know the answer to. Was there any? Um, this is a really good question. So, if you lose your voice in the future, do you lose how do you know? control I didn't even of get your my question home? Out. Like, how if you, you know become hoarse. Like, do you, does your whole world fall apart because you're everything's done. voice-driven? Maybe. I don't know. Just, just came it's to a me. a whole Sorry. different thing. I, have a, I, have, I judge people who get hoarse. I view them as weak <laughs> and unmeasured human beings. They should be sucking so. on a lozenge. They have larger problems in their life. <laughs> um, the question is, um, a lot of these things that came out, they are solving problems for a very specific portion of the universe. Did it, like... Um, what good came out of it? And, and you actually have one that I that I really like that you brought to my attention. Um, and good being like the catch-all um, sort of trend phrase of good uh, about water. Yeah, it's called right? the Lish Tot, which is um, I think it's Hebrew for drink, and it's a very cool. I think probably my favorite thing that I saw come out of CES because it actually is useful and it does good and it costs less than 50 bucks. So it's just a little keychain fob and uh, it's got a little watch battery that you could use this thing every day, 10 to 20 times a day and only have to replace the watch battery once a year. What it does is there's a small little button uh, and you run it up along the side of a glass of water or any container of water. Okay. And I didn't know this, but the but water actually has an electric field around it. So you don't have to uh, do any dipping in of strips or take any measurements, but it reads that field and it actually can determine if there are things like E. coli or chlorine or lead in it. And it just 
flashes the light and says, don't drink that. What a fucking time to be alive. Amazing. It is amazing. That's amazing. Imagine this, imagine. under 50 bucks. And if they can get it for under 50 bucks, then you start to get it scale. You got to imagine you can probably That's do that That's one of those great, bucks. like third world yeah. initiative things. Like when, when I was at South by Southwest Eco a couple years ago, there was a young woman who made me feel so unaccomplished and she was only 23, but she was, she was working in that same field and she had developed a non-electronic um, array that had a solar panel and it just, it had this mechanical algorithm that filtered water and moved the solar panel in tandem with the rotation of the sun throughout the day. So it filtered water and created electricity in the village without a single battery. Yeah, Brilliant. It's, a, it, it's amazing. It's those small solutions that you know, everybody's talking about, you know, a, a robot or, a, you know, a pillow that breathes for you, mm-hmm. you know, or that you can sleep. And, and while those are probably things that are helpful, these are the types of technologies that I think are foundational and interesting. Because imagine it's great to have this on your keychain, but what if in Flint, Michigan, these were built into every Kohler faucet? And you get a reading that says, hey, you shouldn't be drinking this stuff. And you do that before a massive amount of people get sick because of that. So I like it in third world countries, but I also like these simple technologies now starting to be integrated into and uh, into the things that we do every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go Getting back to what you were talking about earlier, too, in terms of like, are we solving, are we creating solutions in search of a problem, which is always the cardinal sin of innovation, right? But what do we always talk about with people we're bringing into the program, right? The pain scale, that simple chart that they have in the doctor's office when you're a kid and it's like on the left is a yellow, warm, smiley face and on the right is like a really red, angry, frowny face. And you're like, can you tell me on this scale how bad it hurts? And it's a real easy thing to think about for, for a lot, like for that pillow, Sure, I think occasionally you'll find somebody who's got a severe enough sleep anxiety that they require uh, a pillow made or something like that. But I think your correct assessment for the most of the market, it's probably just sort of a creature comfort or a novelty. I don't know. I think I think the thing that I saw wasn't necessarily a, a single thing. Although I will get that get to that in a second. It was the uh, it's sort of the maturation of what we've been talking about. Right. So is the combination of uh, the combining of technologies like, you know, understanding how to um, evaluate the health of water is not new to do it for 50 bucks on a key fob. Fucking new. And that and that's cool. Right. Um, But then you get into things like televisions and things like that, which gets into my coolest thing from a self-serving standpoint. Um, And the headline that I saw, I was kind of like, oh, this is silly. It's essentially this television called the wall it's 146 inches which is ban- i saw that that was big, amazing which is bananas um yeah and i was just like oh we've we've reached full ludicrous speed right this is like 146 inches it gets into the well i've got i got seven thousand channels well i got eight thousand channels like jesus what are you talking about you know six minute abs seven minute abs anyway um but then I, I, I started looking at it, and I saw it as, uh, one, it's modular, right? So it doesn't have to be 146 inches. It just happens to um, not lose anything or any quality at 146 mm-hmm. inches. But then it got into sort of the, the – it started to get into what else it can do in terms of actually being a wall, right? It integrates into the construction, and we talk about that a lot. Is like how does technology actually lead itself into architecture and how, like – um, buildings and homes are designed. So now all of a sudden you've take this dormant space and yes, it's your television, but it's also could be your entertainment hub. It could be your information hub. You could actually make it a, a transparent wall, 
right? So now it's connected to cameras on the outside. So instead of being behind a wall, I'm actually looking through it, right? So that's probably my biggest thing because just the technology involved to do it, one, to pull it off at scale, but two, to make it modular. I think it was the, one of the coolest things that I saw. Um, not the funniest, which I'll get to later, or the laziest, but definitely the coolest. Man. I love technology. This is what I love about technology. Is when you see something like this, it makes you rethink what's possible. And the idea that you can connect screens without determining or noticing that those screens aren't connected. So you could have a big 146-inch movie session, but then you could take those screens apart, they could do other things. That makes you start to think about foldable screens. So LG had the rollable screen Very that cool. was 64, so cool. uh, 65 inches, so that's that's rollable. Um, you know, imagine if your phone was able to pull out, fold out a couple of times and be as big as a you know laptop uh, screen, something like that. So uh, I, I like that. I love the idea of the, the screen blending into the environment. So have you guys seen the uh, picture frame TVs? Uh, and I think it's, I can't remember if it's Samsung or Sony. It's a translucent. But they, no, it's actually, uh, it, it it turns into and looks like, it looks dead on like a actual piece of art. Mm -hmm. And the frame oh, of yeah, the yeah. TV looks like a picture frame. So you hang it on your wall. So all the times when you're not using your TV, it's a beautiful piece of art and you can change it out. So this multi-use of technology makes it to where something like a 146-inch TV doesn't, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But it's not as ridiculous if it becomes purposeful and it becomes a window yeah. into something else when you're not using it for entertainment. And the, the last year, the one that I was talking about was, um, you know, the technology where essentially you stack two pieces of glass you have you send an electric current through it and it makes it opaque and then mm -hmm. they turn it off. So they made a television like that, right? But what this does in my mind is it's the next evolution of that. And to your point about like being modular, I think it's big and the rollable technology too, because we always talk about things beyond screens. And I think we saw an actual application of beyond screens that goes just beyond like the world of tomorrow or or, or the Jetsons, man. So when my when my son was about two years old, he saw my wife and I cleaning the house and he thought he would be helpful well as well. So he picked up a Never thing of cleaner Never. and he started spraying it all over our brand new LCD TV oh. <laughs> and of course destroyed it. And I only say that because I was looking at the wall the other day and I was thinking about, God, if he did it to that, I would freak the fuck out. <laughs> like, like that's so, like, it's like, what would you do? <laughs> He's like, tss, tss. it's like, yeah, that's, that's awful. All right. So you got your coolest thing in robots. This robots for sure. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robots were kick-ass. You know, one thing I didn't see that I wanted to see, I bet you it was there. Do you guys see the Power Claw that this thing came out the last couple of weeks? No. So um, it's a glove that actually gives you heat and cold sensation for VR, right? So uh, if you go and you're wearing this thing and you're in virtual reality, you can stick your hand in a fire, and it makes you feel the pain to a degree of having your hand in the fire. Exactly what I, I, I feel but, like that's wait, what's wait, been wait, missing wait. in VR. But this is so cool. <laughs> Me being able to, it's to virtually burn the shit out of myself. It's stimulus response to make the yeah, virtual reality cool. feel very real. So I don't know if you guys remember or not, but a couple of years ago, they came out with a demo with a VR headset, and it was uh, playing Call of Duty, right? And so you're on this uh, haptic slip pad, yep. and you're walking, and you get your gun. And that's great, but in reality, it's just a juiced-up version of... Uh, typical first-person shooter. But imagine when you're wearing like full body gear that can go give you the sensation of getting shot, right? It changes everything. I thought that was so cool. I didn't see it and I wanted to see it at CES. I'm sure it was probably there somewhere. Well, where I thought you were going with that is a, a 
harken back to the Nintendo Power Glove, mm. which was the greatest <laughs> peripheral of any gaming device or console in the history of man. Because when I was probably 10 years old or whenever it came out, what movie did you not see? only was Fred Savage yes. rocking this thing in The Wizard, oh but Attaboy. you could program it to where if you just stuck up your middle finger, that would actually either as Mario jump over <laughs> something or shoot something out of a gun. And that as a 10-year-old, is the coolest thing ever. Not only are you getting to use your middle finger, but every time you do, it ties back to you. You know what's really interesting about that? Nothing better. There was a whole like, mindset back in those days that the furthest edge of technology was being able to type something from your wrist. Right? Yep. From the extra, like, you can like look over and have a little keypad, and you're like, all right, the future is now. No, and and no, now see. I can virtually burn myself. Exactly. Right. Now you can like feel this the world thumb is amazing. Come, come a long way, man. <laughs> um, so... The the coolest thing that I saw, not the coolest thing, the most interesting thing that I saw, you touched on earlier, is the Kohler connected toilet. Again, I went on an emotional journey of what the fuck are we talking about to, that's kind of cool. I can understand that. So what it is, essentially, it's a connected toilet. Um, and the main thing is you can flush it uh, using your voice, speaking with Alexa. And at first, I was like, uh, here we go. <laughs> here we are. Right, the, the future is upon us. That's right. Like and all I thought these, this, smart I thought this people. was ridiculous. And then you made a good point. Yeah. It's not. Why? Dang, that's twice I got. Okay. Um, because I started thinking about the, about what it could do potentially. Right. So I have a general rule. I don't touch things in restrooms. I just don't as little as possible. Right. Um, so that's that's an immediate use for me, um, especially in in public places and things like this. But then I started thinking about what a, this is the gross part. I think this is maybe what you're talking about, which is what a what better place to understand the health of a user. Right. So if you're at home through machine vision and pattern recognition, machine learning, like what better way to understand the health of the human that it's servicing than by examining what exits your body, right? Um, I can see the life of this thing being pretty interesting. I'm, I'm definitely going to get the machine that folds my if, shirts first. If but, it comes yeah. with uh, a little claw that holds your hair when you're throwing up into it after <laughs> drinking too much, then I think <laughs> or my it, beard. it's truly my reached, beard to the side. It's Alexa, its hold my hair. Alexa, hold my hair. So I'm, that, about to, I'm about to feel better. That's the funniest thing I saw, and I know we're coming up on time, but one of the things that I noticed uh, for however many years in a row, I think ever, Apple wasn't there, right? And so... Yeah, they no, left Apple's years ago. There. Right, right. But I felt it more this year, right? Because as these races heat up for the home, as the hardware comes out, as these intelligent things come out, is it time that they come back? Will they ever come back? Maybe this is a different podcast, but like that's just one thing when I'm reading all this shit, I'm like, man, there's sometimes you got to go to the party because the party's just got to, you just got to go. Right. Well, I mean, imagine if like it had been Alexa versus Google Assistant versus Siri, right? Like that, not that Siri or Bixby. Um, you keep would, throwing in Bixby, I, like Bixby, it's going to happen. Bixby's out there. It's a it's a it's a great name, right? For a, for a terrible product. No, but um, like in reality, that I think they made that decision to get out of CES when things were great. I suppose they're on the iPhone five or the iPhone six. And they're like, we don't need this. Now, I, I think it's very easy to argue that Apple's a very mature company. I think it's very easy to argue that they actually are probably more like IBM than Google. So are they missing out? I the think question. they are. And I, and I think it was at the time they were sort of the hip kid. And now that they're, they're sort of a middle-aged dude of a company. And they're like, maybe they should think about getting back into it. As a middle-aged dude, 
I take extreme offense to that comment. Well, that's what middle-aged dudes do. <laughs> so sensitive. Th- what do you think, man? I mean, man, I I don't know. I, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I think that they uh, they're trying to take the high road. So you know, Amazon wasn't there this year, but they had a huge presence. Just the same way that Apple does. Everybody's talking about how things integrate with your iPhone. How it's got an app for everything. They're the core of it. They wait and then they come out with you know WWDC a couple of weeks later yep. or you know their own event and then they get that second win. So it would be different if people weren't already talking about them or if they weren't core to every piece of technology. I think their belief and it's a you know it's it's a little bit cocky is that we're better than this. We're above it all. And if we go into it, then we're sort of wading into this fray of people creating bullshit technologies just to solve problems that maybe yeah. don't exist. So I don't know if I agree with it. I think that strategically it has worked for them so far. We'll see if that happens. I think missing the boat on smart assistance was the single greatest strategic business mistake in the last 20 years. And I think Apple made it. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I mean, they were so preoccupied with trying to maintain market share and supremacy in the mobile device category that they just let Alexa run right by them, and they're going to be paying for it for some time to come. And look at CES. So you got everybody talking about it. It was Google Home versus Amazon Alexa. Apple's not even in that mix. Amazon wasn't there. Everybody's still talking about those two fighting, and Apple doesn't even exist. So uh, with that, I'll leave you on one thing, coolest thing I saw. Yeah. Not really that cool, but most interesting thing. A new Capgemini study came out that said uh, shoppers uh, will use conversational commerce or voice technology to buy at least 18% of what they buy across the board in the next three years. I think that's low ball. I think it's very low, but but what I love is when these stats come out, because they're always wrong. They always <laughs> underestimate. Yep. And to me, it just says where the market is really headed is double that. So market at 40%, and it may happen quicker. Uh, that's a big number. Yeah, agreed. James? Uh, I, I can be honest with you, the, I kind of already tipped my hat with the fire and ice glove, sorry. <laughs> that was literally the coolest thing I've seen in the last couple of weeks. That's like, sweet, we can go and do a total haptic response suit. So um, yeah, that was that was it, man, and it was awesome. Cool. Uh, the coolest thing that I saw this week was not cool at all. It was actually terrifying, and it was one of the, uh, which may give birth to a new segment of the show, which is like biggest fuck ups, which is the uh, false missile warning that went out over oh my God. Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. And I think. Did you see that thing about the messages that the, were getting sent? Yeah. Oh God, it's yeah. horrifying. And so I think about that, and I think about design flaws, and, and I'm just like. Why are those two things remotely close to each other? Why is this? And then my tin hat comes on and I get all sorts of weird about conspiracy theories. But that, that, that whole thing from a software ability to do that to a design flaw where they're sitting right next to each other to watching the human reaction was one of the most interesting things that I saw this week, man. Yeah, it just makes me think that we probably need to go through and do a UX assessment of core tools yeah. uh you know we do that for clients a lot maybe the government needs to do that we'll start in the oval office and just make sure there's not like big red buttons that Did are next to anything else that, that are smashed on a consistent about basis two years ago called command and control and it's about the all of the accidents that have happened in the nuclear missile silos over the last 20 years and it's really fucking horrifying <laughs> like you're just like speaking of bad movies the wizard was great though do you remember the movie broken arrow yeah <laughs> christian slater and john that Travolta. really was the height slater of, travolta goes, john travolta's and he goes, uh, we got a broken arrow and he goes what's a broken arrow and he goes it's a lost nuclear missile and he goes I don't know if I'm more terrified if there's a lost nuclear missile or if it happens so often that you have a name for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right, next podcast, we go back through and do an analysis of those movies, including Face Off. And Lawnmower Man. Yes. Face, you just take the face off. Uh, I love it. All That's right. awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. but if we are doing the most horrifying things, some social consciousness awareness. I don't know, have you guys seen the, the Zero Day article with Cape Town, South Africa? They're oh, running out of water. They have less than 100 days left. Yes. It's hey, a, just to bring this podcast down no, a little bit more. No, you were talking about, like, we're going to do that? No, you're right. You should look that up. It, I was reading about it this morning. It's fucking horrifying. So let's close out on that, right? Can we get, uh, let's close out on a little bit higher note. Give me a whole 30 check-in real quick. We talked about your diet last time. We can't end on the fact that South Africa's running out of water in less than three months. Can't do that. Well, it's not as terrible as South Africa running out it's of not, water, but it's no. pretty close. No, I'm bring still on the whole 30. Yeah, no, no, no. I feel great. I feel great. I feel a very sober unfortunately mm. uh that's the downfall that they don't tell you that you're sober for the whole time that you don't drink. no matter what no happens matter what. to you like, i did sober january yeah. three years ago and i've never been able to pull it off again yeah. uh, so, but, so you uh, feel good but still yeah, going. yeah i feel good i've uh i've lost like seven pounds a boy and um I'm not dead. Not to discourage you, but I can't tell a fucking lick. Yeah, I was about to say, man, you look the same. You're already pretty <laughs> yeah, good well, shape already. Yeah, well, I've got already. potatoes in my shoes. Oh. Right now and Lord. another high note, James is back safely. So if you listen to I was really 14. touched when I heard that podcast that you guys were thinking about me. I mean, I was just yeah. traveling. I accidentally said RIP, James. I, I didn't heard that. mean that. I, it was a... I was thinking about you. It's I'll just okay. say, I it's okay. About you. Lie it's to yourself, okay. not your friends. You didn't listen because you weren't <laughs> you on that episode. <laughs> you didn't listen to it. What I thought okay. was funny is Ben's the one who actually sent me out on that trip. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Yeah. R.I.P. James. Maybe he was tipping his hat to something that was like, supposed to happen. He's like, if my plan goes correctly, R.I.P. Like, is exactly what, what I meant. What do you mean there was no fiery wreck on I-35? For James Lanyon, for Ben Gaddis, for CES 2018 for Las Vegas, this is Cocktails and Questions. This is your friend, Brandon Gredler, and we will talk to you soon. Be well. Bye. Peace.